Well, good morning, everyone, and you all survived the uh, ice and the little bit of snow that we got yesterday and last night, and it's, uh, but it's so good to see all you here this morning, whether you're first time or this is your uh, 100th time or 1,000th time, whatever that may be, but uh, we are in part two of our teaching series called Stressed Out, and we know there's a lot of times in life that we, we just get stressed out. And it's just part of our, it feels like it's a part of just our norm, normal rhythm of life is, man, stress will come and anxiety and worry, and it just sucks the joy out of us. But this morning, what I want to do is, I, I'm going to get real practical. So if you're a note taker, I've got a lot of things. I've got a lot of like little one-liners on the screen for you, so just prepare yourself in that way. But uh, this topic was kind of hit home for me. I'll be honest, full transparency, this is the one that I wrestle with the most that are during these next four weeks or this four-week series, and, and I wrestle with this. And so this one really hit home. It was a struggle for me, and you'll understand why as we unpack this. But before we jump in, I want to I want to turn or have you turn to Luke in the New Testament. Luke is a physician, and he writes about the life of Jesus. This is our foundational verse for the entire series, so hopefully maybe you're memorizing this verse in your life. But here it begins, Luke chapter 21, verse 31, it says this, be careful, turn to your neighbor and say, be careful. Be careful or your hearts will be weighed down with carousing, drunkenness, and the anxieties of life, the stresses just come in, and the that day will close on you suddenly like a what, friends? Like a trap. What I love about this verse is it kind of tells us a little bit that stress just isn't just around you. Stress can get inside of you. And all of a sudden, your heart weighs down, and it's heavy. And so I, I did some research, and I was just kind of curious. What are, what, are, what are some things that Americans get stressed about? And according to the American Psychological Association, these are the top three that we all stress about. Here, here's one. Uh, work. How many of you stress about work? Just to be honest, some of you are like, my boss is here. Not too high, right? Uh, work, that's, that's in the top three. Stresses of Americans is work. And, and next week, we're going to talk about that, whether you're retired or not. But you're going to hear a powerful story, a testimony based on the idea of work. And we're going to unpack that next week. Here's another in the top three. Finances. Money, money, money. Stresses Americans out. And then finally, the topic that you and I are going to kind of dive into this morning that I struggle with, probably more than anything, is our time and our schedule. And this morning, I'm going to get really, really practical with us dealing with time and schedule because I really think for many of us, that's where, that's, that may be the root of a lot of our stress, all right? But before we jump in, and, and just forewarning, it may get a little heavy, so turn to your neighbor and say, it's going to be all right. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> but we'll walk out of here together. You were never meant to carry the stress in your life. Jesus Christ paid for that on the cross for you. You were never meant to carry it being overburdened. God gave you 24 hours in a day. 
Let's pray before we jump in, all right? Let's, let's pray. I got to pray. Heavenly Father, I just thank you, uh, first and foremost, for safety, that we made it here and we're here to worship you, God. I just pray no matter where we are in life, whether we follow you, whether, you know, we don't even know why we're here and we're, we're, we have no relationship with you, God, would you, your Holy Spirit just speak to us and help us? We're all in this, this thing called life together where we stress out. And so, God, would you speak to our heart? Would you fill your Holy Spirit inside of us? And that your Holy Spirit would move our hearts to where we, where we need to go. And we pray this in Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen. amen. I, I feel like many times what we do in life is, uh, is we, we got a lot of things on our plates, don't we? A lot of times we say we're spinning way too many plates. We got a lot that just happened in a day. And for some of us, we've, we, we, we just got, we got work, right? We got to deal with work. Well, man, I don't know if I have time, though, to, to read my Bible or even to pray. I don't have time to maybe work out. Maybe I'll get that in there somewhere. I, I may have to skip out on my kid's sporting event because I've just got so much to do, and I, I don't know if I can make it to there in time. And, but for many of us, we're consumed with work and maybe yard work, shoveling the driveway this time of year, although we've been a little bit blessed by not having to shovel too much this year. And we've got so much going on. And I think there's a common phrase that no matter where you are in life, we all say this together, that there's too much to do and never enough time. Too much to do and never enough hours in the day to do it all. In fact, you can say it this way, and you may have used this quote this past week, I just don't have time. I, I, I don't have time. In fact, if you're a part of the younger generation, maybe you say, ain't nobody got time for that. Ain't nobody. Got time for that. But we have time. What's interesting is the American Psychological Association did a survey of understanding if Americans were giving 25 hours in a day, so one extra hour, could you accomplish everything you're, you're, that's on your time and schedule to do? And it still is no. Even adding one hour a day, you still will not get everything done that you have on your calendar to get done. But hear my heart on this. You have time. You have time for what you choose to have time for. You have 24 hours. Now, some of it's consumed with sleeping. I understand that. But you make time for what's most important to you. I don't have time to understand God and, like, actually have quiet time. You do. What about turning off Netflix 15 minutes earlier? I, I don't have time to be involved in my kid's life because, or other people's life. I'm just so busy. I run from here and there. I know, but is there things that you can cut back? You have time for what you choose to have time for. In fact, I think the prophet Job, Job, poor Job, man, he had a crazy life. And Job writes this, and I think it, I think it nails our society on the head. On the, on the head. It just nails it. Job 9, 25. Here's what Job has to say. My days go by faster than a runner. Woo! Gone. Usain Boat. Boom. Gone. Where'd, where'd, my dough? where'd my day go? They fly away without a glimpse of what, friends? Who? Isn't that true? And all of a sudden, your whole day goes, and you lay your head down on your pillow, and you're like, what happened to my day? Where did it all go? I, got, I don't even know if I got a glimpse of your joy. I, don't, I was just so stressed out the whole day. All right? But get this. Our misuse of time will always cost us something. Let that sit in. The misuse of your time will always cost you something. 
This morning, I, I was in the, the back table there. The team was practicing. I was weeping. And I've shared this story before. But the first two years of my son's life, I don't remember. I was constantly working. Work, work, work. Sometimes 34 straight days without a day off, I just worked. And when I got home, I was working on my master's. I worked, and I worked at school. I don't remember the first two years of my son's life. It cost me something. And that is why I am devoted to coach my son whenever possible, because I, I, it's going to cost me something. I want that time back. I'm trying to redeem that lost time. Does that make sense? So I'm like, I'm not going to let that happen. So I coach him every possible way. I try to coach him in every sport, even the boring sport of baseball, I try to coach him. Man, that sport is so slow. But I coach him. Because I remember, listen, it's still something God's working on my heart. I got this shame that I, two years, I don't remember from zero to two, I don't remember anything. Thank God he doesn't remember it. But parents, you've got older kids, your kids are going to know. Was my mom around? Was my dad around? Were they too busy? I'm, be, I'm just being honest. Here's another thing. Whew. So I, the kids have Christmas break off two weeks, so I try to take a lot of time off during then to be with my kids. And um, one of my kids, my oldest, said, Dad, you live in the office more than you live here. Whew. Cost me something. I said, no, that's not going to happen. The most important thing to me is my, my family. Okay, get this. Then it's the church family. If I can't minister to my family, I can't minister to you well. Whew. This, this sweater is going to come off in just a minute. I'm going to start rolling up the sleeves, all right? Come on. Some of you, listen to me. You hear my heart on this. Hear my heart. Minister to your family first and foremost. Don't skip out on them. Don't skip out. Don't skip out. So I'm going to give us three practical ways of how we can get back our time and our schedule. What does that look like in our lives? Because <laughs> whew, the days are going by like Usain Bolt, boom, and they're gone, and I don't have any joy. So how do we get it back? Here we go. Number one, if you're a note taker, refocus on what matters most. There's a great book out there called Essentialism. And the point of the, uh, the book Essentialism is the idea of, of we look like this little circle, and if that's us, our energy is going in a lot of different directions, but we're not going very deep. So those directions could look like anything that's on your calendar, on your schedule, relationships, whatever, but they're not deep. The idea of essentialism is start to cut out things that don't matter in your life that you give time and attention to. That way you have less to focus on, but you can go extremely deep with those. For instance, relationships. A lot of us may have relationships, but they're about an inch deep. And we have not gone into great depths where you're willing to pick up the phone and call your friend up and say, you need to pray for me because I'm battling this right now. But I got friends, but I got so, many, so much energy going in so many different directions. I'm, I'm, I'm not a very deep person. So what matters most? I'm going to give you two things that matters most that you ought to refocus on everything is number one, relationships matter. And there's two parts of the relationship. 
your first and foremost most relationship, that the biggest relationship in the world that you need to focus on is your heavenly father. It starts there. I got an email, and I, an email two, weeks, or two months ago that said, Ryan, I used to do my quiet time. By quiet time, I just mean you're just, it's just you and God. Maybe the stresses of the anxieties of life are just out there, and you're just, you're just reading what God's word, the Bible says. And they wrote and said, Ryan, I used to do it at the end of the day, but what I realized is I was saving God for last. God, if I have time for you, then I'll get to you. But I changed it, and I started very first thing in the morning. And Ryan, I cannot tell you what this has done in my life and my family. This is what I do every single morning. I get up, take a shower first. Coffee's already brewing. I go downstairs, grab my pot of coffee, and I sit in my office chair that the kids know don't go in the dad's office, and he's having his quiet time. This drives everything and helps me refocus. For the, before the day begins, before the anxieties of life come crashing on my heart, this refocuses me. And I know, I'll tell you this. I'll respond better to you after I have quiet time. Oh, God, give me patience. It's interesting. You start praying for patience and you realize, oh, God, you're funny. Why are you throwing all these people in my life right now? He's got great sense. It starts here. Here's the second most important relationship is you need other people in your life. You need friends. And here's what I love what Pastor Brandon brought is our life groups here. You need to get signed up where some other people where you can grow. Your, your faith was never meant to be stale and stagnant. Your faith was always meant to be growing in your relationship with God. And here's what I love out there in the lobby. Is our sign-up board for life groups. We have all sorts of life groups. It tells you if, the, if there's a cost to it, because if there's a book involved, it tells you the day of the week, tells you the time, tells you the group. We have men's group. We've got women's group. We've got married groups. We've got mixed groups. We've got ev almost every night of the week, we have money groups. Uh, we've got all sorts of things. We've got a group for young adults, at high school graduates to 29 years old. Yes, my wife and I signed up for that one. We are way too old for that group, but here we go. We'll see what happens. You, <laughs> we need it. Because here's, watch this. Here's what King Solomon said. King Solomon says this. A person standing alone can be attacked and defeated, but how many, friends? Two can stand back to back and conquer, and I think every single person in this room wants to conquer. You need someone to have your back. You need someone. We need each other. And then King Solomon continues, but three are even better for a triple braided cord is not easily broken. Relationships matter. They matter. And you've got three weeks. You've got this week and then the next two in January, and then we launch in February our life groups where you need to make it a priority. I, I need to deepen my own faith, but I need each other. We need each other. Life is going to throw curveballs at you. And you can't do it alone. Here's for some of you. I should have put this first. But um, here's a little prayer that I started this week. This is my prayer. Every time, every morning when I get up, I try to pray this prayer. It's on the screen for you. It says this. Good morning, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. I invite you to have your way in me today. Stop there. That's hard to pray. That is hard to truly say, God, have your way in me. Because there's sometimes I'm like, eh. Maybe a little bit, but allow me to do some other things. So I'm yours. Holy Spirit, fill me. Because I go to bed empty, and I need the new anointing and filling of the Holy Spirit on my life every single morning. And so do you. 
Holy Spirit, fill me, empower me, guide me, and help me to live into an awareness of your presence. Help me to understand, God, you are with me. The same power that rose Jesus from the grave is living right here. So may, may, help me have an awareness of who you are. And you're there. I'm going to say, since we kicked off 21 days of prayer that we kicked off last week, and hopefully today's day eight, hopefully you're journeying around, I'm telling you, my last week has been awesome with God. Woo! I'm on fire right now, all right? It's awesome. But I've been praying this special awareness of who he is in my life. And I've been seeing more doors open up and seeing God's hand move in greater, stronger ways than I've ever seen it before. It's awesome. And here's the other thing. Relationships matter. Listen, your purpose matters. You were designed on purpose for a purpose. Whatever the history has told you in the past, whatever parents or life coaches you've had, I'm telling you, God created you for purpose on purpose. And the biggest fulfillment of joy in your life is to live into the reason why you were even created. This is why we created Next Steps. Week three is so powerful in Next Steps. You got to get your neighbor's connection card and circle N for them to get signed up. And this is, Brandon says, come on, yeah, that's right, because he leads it, all right? Week three is so integral because week three, you take a spiritual giftings test. Okay, God, what are my gifts? What, what have you given me? What's my personality? What are you shaped and designed for? Because every single person in this, whether you follow Jesus or you don't follow Jesus this morning, you were shaped to do something for God's kingdom. And the greatest joy is finding that shape and living into it. Woo! You wake up and be like, whoa, bring on the world today. Yeah, stress, I know, it's coming sometime. As soon as I meet that one person at work, right? But man, I'm living into my purpose, and I understand it's awesome. It's so awesome. Look at, look at in the book of Acts, here's what Paul says. or Luke, Luke, Luke writes this. Luke says this, but my life is worth nothing to me unless I use it for finishing the work assigned to me by the Lord Jesus. There's something special when you can find your purpose. And you live into that. And listen to this. It's even better when your work can be your purpose. Because some of us go to work and realize, I'm not shaping design. I'm just doing this. This is not me. Woo, when you can blend the two together, you better watch out. You'll work havoc, havoc in God's kingdom at your workplace when the two can blend. So number one, refocus on what matters most. Here's the second practical thing. Time and schedule, time and sch schedule. Number two, reduce the non-essentials. Reduce the non-essentials, also known as, literally, start a to-don't list. All right? Men, you have honey-do lists, right? This is a list that you say, uh-uh, not doing it. I'm going to say no to this. Men, ask your spouse first before you create this list, okay? Or you're in trouble. And all the ladies said? Amen. Come on, you got to ask. Here's what I can't. As a pastor, as a church, as, as um, a leader in this community, I get asked all the time to join this committee or join that committee, and they're all good. I just can't. I have to say no. Because if it interferes with my family and it interferes with the church family I'm supposed to lead, then I got to say no to it. Even though there are things that I said no to that I've dreamed about doing. Right now, at my season of life, it's a no. I can't. It's good, and I support it. It's so good, but I, I can't be involved with it. I have to give you my no. King Solomon says this, and we looked at this. Better one handful with tranquility, another better with one handful, and you've got peace, than two handfuls with toil and chasing after the wind. 
And so how do I decide? How, Ryan, do you decide how to say no? Turn to your neighbor and say no real quick. Turn around and just say no. Turn to your other neighbor and say no. There's an art to saying no, and I think we've lost it. This is why I don't have enough hours in the day. We don't know how. So I asked myself the question. Here's the question to ask. If you think you're overcommitted and got too much, ask this question. What's the wise thing to do? What's the wise thing to do? Is it to say yes to this good thing, but that only puts more pressure on my family? Or is the wise thing to say no to this good thing? Because I'm saying yes to the best. Here's what Pastor Craig Rochelle says about this. I love this. He says this. We have to learn to say no to the good and yes to the best. You have to learn to reduce the non-essentials. But listen, I'll go back to that quote because I see some taking pictures. You have to learn to say no. And listen, it's okay to say no. It's okay to say no because you're giving your best. You're giving your yes to the best. Okay, reduce the non-essential. Here's the last one. Here's the last one. Do first what matters most. Do first what matters most. In other words, some of you may have to reprioritize your life. And if you don't, if you don't prioritize your life, someone or something else will. Someone else's yes will be your yes, and now you're like, what am I doing? I, 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 I'm overcommitted. I don't have enough hours and time in the day. See, I realize in this example, listen, we have a lot going on. That's all of us, level playing field. We have so much going on in our lives, plates spinning all over the place. And yes, all these pebbles represent something that you just do, whether it's respond to those text messages or the emails, and uh, I got to go to work, and I got a work meeting afterwards, and we have people coming over for dinner, and I got to deal with that, and uh, oh, I got to run the kids to their soccer practice and this. And what I realize is sometimes our evenings that we thought are off, no, we're consumed by our own kids and happy meals. Whoo! A happy, <laughs> okay, that's another sermon right there, okay? So here we go. Hey, you're either kid-centered or Christ-centered. You tell me what your schedule is. Whoo! That's preaching right there. Oh, that's convicting. Think about that. If you were to get your schedule out and say, it's kids, 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 run those kids, 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 kids. I told my son, next fall, he's got to choose. We either, do, we either do football or basketball. He can do both. Get this, he can. He can do flag football at the Doyle Center on top of doing Sturgis Middle School basketball. He can do both. This guy ain't doing both. That's going to put more pressure and that's going to make it more stress in my family and my relationship with my wife that I don't need. So, son, they're both good options. You're both good at both. You're going to choose one. Flag football or basketball. Whew. Okay, that'll preach too. Anyways, back to, back to this. Pebbles. This, this is just represents your traveling, your grocery shopping or whatever. But all of a sudden, we, what, what we tend to do is do all that first. It's all, it's all what we consider the urgent. You got to put the important over the urgent. I have to check my car's engine, that stinking light's on, that 90% of us ignore that check engine light on anyways and still keep driving, right? Yes, is it urgent because your thing can blow up? Yep. 
Because then you have thousands and thousands of dollars in the hole because now you got to buy a new car. What's most important, though, is constantly do your oil changes. Then the light won't turn on to push you into the urgent. That makes sense? I don't know where I'm going with this. Anyways, <laughs> pebbles, things to do, all right? But I know there's important things, right? Like, like God, i I, I got to spend some time with you and do something, so I'm going to fit you in somewhere. And... Um, yeah, okay, Ryan said relationships are important, so I'm going to try to do a life group and try, I don't know where I'm going to fit this thing in here somewhere, and then I, 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 my purpose matters, and I want, to, I want to maybe sign up for next steps. I don't, where do I put it? I don't have enough time in the day to do what I got to do. But I realize there's other things that are important that I have to, I can't do. Watch this. If you decide... What's most important in my life? God, I'm always going to start with you. Even when I, even on vacation, I'm going to start with you. I'm going to put you first no matter what. And then realize and understand some things that I, I am going to get involved with people. Realize that I was designed for community and I'm going to find time. I'm going to make it a priority in my life to, to join a group this year. And I'm going I'm to live out my purpose above everything else, what the world's demanding on me. I'm, I'm going to put my purpose in there, and then I'm going to find a way. And then, but I start with the most important in my life. And then everything else, all the travel, all the text messages, everything else that, you, that consume us, that takes priority, watch that. Ah, now it fits. Friends, your order will determine your capacity. If you're leaving the most important for last, it will never get done. It will never, ever get done. God will be last. God, okay. Hey, sorry I missed you today. I didn't get my quiet time. And I'm, I'm hung go on everyone having quiet time. Every, every, if you follow Jesus, you ought to be in this every day. You ought to be in it every day. But maybe tomorrow... I got a lot going on. God, you understand, right? You're a compassionate God. You're gracious. You're slow to anger, just to remind you. Uh, I'll get to you tomorrow. And we'll never have time. So as I close, I want to I I bring two questions to you. And write this down. Can I preach like this? Is this all right? We can. Come on now. We're running around with chickens with our heads cut off. We're crazy busy. We're crazy busy. God's not a God of busyness. God's a, your God is a God of rest. Listen, he created for six days. What are you doing on the seventh day? Ah, I took a break. Got into the hammock. Started swinging. All right? But ask this question to you. What's one thing you need to add to your schedule? Ryan, you're talking about time and schedule. I thought I had to take things away and stuff. No, what's something you add? Because maybe perhaps you don't have it on your schedule. Time alone with God just some worship. I think what you did today is a great week to, is a great way to start your week. And I think God can bless the rest of what you do because you started your week in the right way in God's house. You started that way. But what's something that you need to add? Maybe it is, man, that life group is one thing, or maybe it's just, I got to get my, get to know my neighbor more. I'm going to have them over for dinner and I'm going to put that down. But then the flip question is, what's something that you need to subtract? 
that non-essential that's in there that you've said yes and you're like, you're like, I don't really, I'm just a nice person. That's why I said yes, right? What's that one thing that, or two or three that you need to just subtract out? This is God, this isn't, this isn't my best and I'm gonna subtract it so I can go deeper with other things. And I close with this, Jesus' words, Matthew reports this. In Jesus' own words, he says, so don't what, friends? what we do, God. We're stressed out. We worry. We have anxieties. He says, but do not worry, saying, what shall we eat or what shall we drink or what shall we wear? For pagans, those who don't know God, they run after these things. And your heavenly Father knows that you need them. But seek what, friends? First, above everything else, Jesus says, seek my kingdom and my righteousness. And all those things, those things, don't be there. But you gotta seek first me. Start the day with me. I don't know, for some of us, you're tired. You're exhausted. I love Jesus' words. Come to me. Come to me, all who are weary and carry heavy burdens. You're overburdened. Jesus says, I'm gonna give you rest. It starts with him. And I know our lives can get easily out of balance, can they not? Wow, running over here, running over there. What's it do? What is going on in my life? But the psalmist says this when I'm filled with cares, when stress, anxiety, when everything just comes in, your comfort brings me what? Joy. So if you feel out of balance, I want you to walk away with one thing choose joy. Choose joy. So, Heavenly Father, would you help us live into this? Yeah, I feel like it's so much easier to, to preach it, to teach it, to hear it, but to actually live it out is another thing. So, Holy Spirit, would you help us, give us your power, give us your strength to live into this idea. Help us to really narrow down our schedule, that we're not overrun in life, we're not crazy busy. That when people actually say, hey, how you doing? We can actually give an honest answer and stop saying we're busy. She's got a lot going on, we're busy. So Holy Spirit, minister to our hearts. Empower us, anoint us to live into the calling that you've created all of us to live into. And we pray this in Jesus' name.